Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Soapbox, the show for my and my occasional guests' strong opinions on not-so-significant topics, uh, as well as whatever I really feel like talking about, to be honest. But today, we have a special episode. I'm really excited about this one. Today is not about a diverse range of topics. Um, Well, it is, but they are all connected by a common theme. And today's common theme, and today's major strong opinion on a still kind of minor topic, is uh, Tulsa. My opinion, and the opinion that will inform this entire episode, is that Tulsa is one of the best cities in the United States of America today. And so everything we're going to talk about today is about Tulsa. So let's get started. So I know you may be thinking, why? Why is Jack dedicating an entire episode of Soapbox to this city you may not have heard of? And the answer sort of lies in my bias on this topic. I was born and raised in Tulsa, and as such, I think I was exposed to all of these great things that I'm going to talk about today. So these are not just things I've researched. These are things I've experienced and know to be true. And yeah, that's my bias. That's why we're doing this. So first, a little background on Tulsa, I suppose, is in order. Tulsa is the second biggest city in Oklahoma, which is the state above Texas and below Kansas, if you really don't know anything about geography. Um, It was originally an oil town. Now it is oil as well as aerospace and several other industries sort of dominate the market. Uh, But technology, uh, aerospace, oil still, uh, other energy stuff. But it's a lot more than that. It is located in the northeastern corner of Oklahoma. Uh, It's about an hour and a half drive from Arkansas, uh, depending on where you're trying to go. It's a pretty quick drive to Kansas, to Missouri. It's a four-hour drive to Dallas. That's an hour and a half to Oklahoma City. And so it's in a really good location in terms of that stuff. Nothing's more than a long drive or two flights away. You know, you can fly to Chicago and anywhere from there or fly to Dallas and anywhere from there. Uh, But it's a pretty historic city. Like if you go downtown, our downtown is phenomenal. Uh, Downtown Tulsa is pretty much walkable once you get within a certain radius. And it's broken up into several districts. And these districts are pretty arbitrary to a point, but um, some of them have like better food. Some of them have more office buildings, but you can walk around any of them and they're all close enough together that if you've got half an hour, you can walk around. You can't walk around the whole downtown, but you could probably walk across it. And when you walk around the downtown, what'll strike you is how many, you know, surprisingly old buildings there are for a pretty new city in terms of, you know, time. Uh, Tulsa was founded in, Jack does a quick Google, Tulsa founded, uh, Tulsa was incorporated in 1898, that's earlier than I thought. Um, But where we really started to thrive was in the 20s, and so... Tulsa has a lot of Art Deco buildings that are really, really beautiful, sort of 
scattered across the landscape of downtown. And um, it, it really is a gorgeous downtown. So between downtown, Brookside, and Cherry Street, which are sort of the three walkable areas of Tulsa, Brookside and Cherry Street are two sort of midtown areas that are smaller but walkable with restaurants and stores. Um, Those three areas all have one thing absolutely in common, and that is fantastic food. If you're feeling like Mexican food, my personal recommendation, especially because Mexican food is so lacking up here, where I go to school outside of Philadelphia, uh, my personal recommendation is elote. And what elote has, and I'm going to start drooling probably talking about this, is the puffy taco. The puffy taco is a taco that is puffy. What I mean by that is they make the tortilla in such a way that it is puffy. And there's really not another great word for it. It's aerated. It's got, you know, layers in it. It's chewier. It's, it's much more a part of the taco than it is a method for conveying taco ingredients like a crunchy taco would be. And so that's part one of what makes the, the puffy taco great is the puffy tortilla. What else makes it great, what also makes it great, I should say, is the crema that they put on top. And this crema is this cool, with a little bit of kick, uh, sort of sour cream but more liquidy i don't even know the good words to describe it because i just eat it so quickly but the effect that the crema has on the taco is that even though it's a warm dish and it's served fresh and i mean their service is fantastic like if you get a puffy taco at a lote it's there in two minutes um but what makes the puffy taco perfect and especially good during the summer i think is if you're really hot and you've been walking around downtown and it's 100 degrees and you need to cool off, you go to a lote, you get a puffy taco. That crema works as a cooling agent and like completely refreshes you. It's like a nice glass of lemonade or something after mowing the lawn, but on a taco. It's so good. So if you're going for Mexican food, there's a lote at the sort of sit down end. But if you want something drive through and you need something fast, What Tulsa has that, frankly, I don't know how big this chain is, but I know that they're not in Philadelphia. What Tulsa has is Taco Bueno. Taco Bueno is excellent. The quality is obviously not at the same caliber as, you know, Elote or, you know, an El Tequila or a El Guapo or one of the other excellent Mexican restaurants in Tulsa. But... What it makes up for, what what it lacks in ingredients, it makes up for in price and quantity. Because you can go to Taco Bueno and you can get three burritos for $3 and they are fantastic burritos. Uh, they are really, really special. Because they're not special, they're simple, but they're delicious and fast and their hours are great. So if you're feeling Mexican food, you have options across the spectrum in Tulsa. If you're feeling a burger, Tulsa, I would argue, has the two best burger chains, like burger joint, like fast food places is what I'm trying to say, in the country. Between Whataburger, which I will argue is the best because they have the best fries, and Brahms, which is iconic. And Brahms, their burgers, I think, are better than Whataburger, and their shakes are the best shakes. 
So between Brahms and Whataburger, you have that end of the burger spectrum covered. And then, you know, you can go somewhere like Society, which is on Cherry Street. And that's a really fancy but really delicious burger. Uh, I should have done this before lunch. Honestly, I'm like, or I should have done this after lunch. I mean, it's before lunch now. And I am getting hungry and hung hungrier and hungrier as I talk. But there's two quintessential Tulsa foods that I have not talked about yet. Besides Mexican food and burgers. And this is really what makes Tulsa great is that you can get so much variety of food. I'm not even going to touch on Mazio's here. Mazio's is excellent. I'm not even going to touch on, you know, other great options. What I am going to talk about is Coney's. Coney's, Tulsa Coney's are iconic. I don't know how they got to Oklahoma, but they are so good. If you don't know what a Coney is, a Coney is a small hot dog on a steamed bun, typically covered with chili and onions and mustard and cheese. And you get like three or four of them and that's your meal and it's excellent. There are locations for Coney Islander, which is the place that serves Coney's, Coney Islander, uh, all over town. There's one downtown, there's one in Jinx, there's several in Midtown and, and South Tulsa. And there's nothing like a good Coney every once in a while. Because, ah, Coney's are so good. I might be a little bit too biased to talk about this subject for too long. But I wanted to talk about Coney's because they're excellent. And then I want to talk about barbecue. Because while Tulsa is not, you know, barbecue capital of the world or something, like I guess Memphis or somewhere in Texas might be, we have some good barbecue. Especially Burnco. Burnco is like the famous barbecue place in Tulsa. And frankly, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about with food because I really don't have good words to describe it, except to say that at Burnco, if you don't get in during their lunch hours, which is when they serve, and there's typically a line, if you don't get in or you get in towards the end and they're out of meat, what they'll have is they'll have like a plate of scraps. And even if you get that plate of scraps, even that is delicious because of how good that barbecue is. I will be honest, I am literally drooling, and we need to move on to something less appetizing. One of the other great things that Tulsa has to offer, and this is a more recent offering, but one of our coolest ones, our most headline-grabbing recently, is we have a lot of great parks. Our parks are across the board really nice. Um, Hunter Park is the one I used to go to all the time and play basketball or frisbee or enjoy that water park. But there's Hunter Park, there's um, Mohawk Park, I think, uh, several others throughout town. But there's two that are newer. One is much, much bigger than the other, but they are equally awesome in my mind. There's Guthrie Green, and Guthrie Green is the downtown park. Named after Woody Guthrie, obviously, who I will talk more about in a bit. It's located um, sort of in between the Woody Guthrie Museum and the OSU Tulsa campus and the baseball field and the sort of most artsy district of town, where if you walk in the couple blocks around Guthrie Green, which is this beautiful sort of grass amphitheater setup, 
you walk around that area, especially like on a warm spring or summer night, it's fantastic because there's glacier chocolate, which is homemade, handmade, excellent chocolate. There's the glass blowing studio where they have their doors open and you can like peek in and see someone actually glass blowing like on any random day. There's Coney's right there, right by Guthrie Green. There's art studios. There's smaller museums. There's AHA, which is one of the sort of satellite locations for uh, one of the museums in Tulsa. There's tons of things on offer and it's all sort of centered around this green, Guthrie Green, um, which is this beautiful sort of common space. And during the work week, they have food trucks come once a week. And, you know, it's really, our downtown has gone and it, it's hard to explain how dramatic the change has been in our downtown. But 25, probably even 15 years ago, if you went downtown for work, you would leave after work and you wouldn't want to hang out. Like there was nothing to do downtown that you'd want to like hang out for. It turned into this ghost town after dark because no one lived there. Everyone like went like outside of downtown, midtown, South Tulsa, North Tulsa, wherever you go. Now, if you go downtown after work, there are so many things to do. And any night of the week, you'll find people in all the restaurants and galleries and uh, getting dessert at one of the like the chocolate place or the um, Hertz Donuts, which is a great donut place, or Rose Rock, which is a micro creamery, uh, which sounds really pretentious, but they basically make really good ice cream. Uh, there's so much going on downtown. And a lot of it, I think, is centered around things like Guthrie Green, which sort of demonstrated that downtown could be a gathering place for people downtown while they're working after work, you know, on the weekends. And you see now there's condos and apartments being built all over the place to fill that demand because people want to spend their time downtown. And it's funny that I say the phrase gathering place. It's not funny. It was intentional because the other great park in Tulsa is the gathering place. And I guess another detail about Tulsa that I didn't mention is through or alongside the west side of Tulsa runs the Arkansas River and sort of splits Tulsa from Jinx, which is a suburb. And um, along that river is the area we call Riverside. Obviously, the, the name is clear. The origin of the name is clear. But Riverside never, you know, it had a road where you could go fast, which was nice. Like it was faster than the regular roads, but slower than the highway, which is why I always liked it. But now Riverside is home to the gathering place. And the gathering place is, I think, a mile and a half long alongside the river on either side of the road, this insanely cool park uh, with basketball courts, um, skateboarding rinks, uh, all of these uh, sort of places and new greenery and seating and i don't even know how to describe it it is just it's it was named the best new attraction in america this year because of how great it is and i will confess it's been it was completed after i came back to college for this semester or for last semester and i haven't been able to spend much time there i've only been able to drive by it but 
spring break, you know that's where I'm going to be two or three days of the week I'm home because it's an incredible literal gathering place with tons of stuff on offer, cool playground stuff, basketball courts, all sorts of outdoor activities, these incredible new um, pedestrian walkways over the road that are covered in prairie greenery. So like it has tall grass sort of on either side, really, really cool to drive through, which is all I've had time to do so far. But between Guthrie Green and the Gathering Place, Tulsa has, like, in-the-city outdoor activities for you to do. Before we continue with what some would call a tirade about how great Tulsa is, and I'm going to call it my thesis on how great Tulsa is, let's take a quick break and uh, I'll tell you about our sponsors. So I appreciate you tuning in for those, and then we'll get back to the quote-unquote tirade. So, Jack, I hear you asking. You've told me about these great restaurants. You've told me about these great parks. But restaurants and parks don't make for a great city. They help. They absolutely help. But that doesn't make for a great city. What makes Tulsa really great? Here's what makes Tulsa really great. La Fortune Park is the other park I forgot to mention, by the way. That's a huge, beautiful park. But here's what makes Tulsa great. It has everything you would want in a city. It has a nightlife. It has a downtown it has you know low housing prices compared to you know philadelphia or new york or la obviously um but it also has you know great food great people really great people i i think oklahomans are some of the nicest people in the world especially tulsans because frankly i've been there and i've been to philly and i think one of the places that is really clear and this is going to be a little weird, is I think the a perfect subset, a perfect example of how friendly people are in a city is how good the service is at their Chipotle is. In Tulsa, if you go to Chipotle for a burrito, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's the best burrito you can get in Tulsa, but it's, I mean, it's Chipotle. It's pretty good because uh, it's Chipotle. If you go to Chipotle in Tulsa, they're going to have everything ready. They're going to make a burrito. It's going to be delicious. They're going to be friendly. They're going to put it all together. Put your chips in your bag. They'll be well cooked. Everything's going to be fine. And this may just be my experience, but if you go to a Chipotle near my campus on the main line, sometimes they will not have cheese. I have literally gone and they've been like, oh, we're out of cheese. How do you run out of cheese at Chipotle? I don't get it. It frankly makes me very angry. I've had them not just run out of cheese. I've had them run out of sour cream. I've had them run out of chips. They were once out of forks, which boggles the mind. And it's not just that they run out of stuff at the Chipotle here. They also just aren't very nice most of the time. Sometimes they are, but typically people working at Chipotle near where I'm at here are much less friendly than they are at a Chipotle in Tulsa. And I think that's a good subset, but you know, you could also look at, you know, Starbucks or typically any sort of food service place. And I I think that's a good sort of microcosm of, you know, how friendly people are going to be. And maybe it's just the difference between sort of being between the Midwest and the South 
like Oklahoma is and how, you know, we get the combination of Southern hospitality and Midwestern politeness that is really exemplified in most Tulsans where in the Northeast they're, they're not really known for that. You know, I don't know what it is, but you're going to go to Tulsa and you're going to feel a lot more welcome, a lot more, uh, like light instead of just tolerated. Cause it seems like if you go a lot of places here, you're just like a person. And in Tulsa, it's like, Oh, hello there. Let's have a little conversation and you know, hang out. I'm rambling a little bit because I forgot what the next topic is and haven't wanted to look down at my notes. Ah, yes. What else does Tulsa have? Why would I want to go somewhere that is? Sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere. Well, here's why. Tulsa is not really the middle of nowhere. Tulsa is a city that has everything you would want in a big city. Cool jobs, cool places to work, cool places to eat, places to spend your time. Uh, it has sports teams to cheer for. We have the Drillers and the Roughnecks are, and the Oilers. We have baseball and hockey and soccer. All minor league, obviously. <laughs> but we also have the Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder that we cheer for. Um, so we've got teams, we've got food, we've got culture. Why would you want to go out to the middle of nowhere? Because it's not the middle of nowhere. Pretty much anywhere you live in Tulsa, you are a half an hour drive at most from the airport. And the airport has like four gates that seem to be operating. But any one of those gates will get you to a hub that will get you anywhere else you need to go. So driving, you know, 30 minutes and having one extra little flight, I think is completely worth the scenery the people, the culture of Tulsa. And this brings me to one of my more philosophical almost topics, reasons I think Tulsa is great. If you're in Tulsa, you're you really are in a city and you get the experience of being in a city and, you know, tall buildings and limes and birds, electric scooters and great food. But if you drive half an hour out of the city, you can get into beautiful countryside. And if you drive even longer, I think, you know, the prairie and I think Oklahoma wild scenery is some of the most beautiful country in the world. And this is extremely biased, I know, but I think there's something really special about, you know, places like the Wichita Mountains or the, um, oh, I'm totally blanking on the other park really going to oh well Wichita Mountains is a great example a few hours drive from Tulsa you can go and you can see the largest buffalo herd in the world like largest remaining buffalo herd in the world one of the earliest you know re revived re created buffalo herds after they were almost hunted to extinction and it's beautiful uh, beautiful scenery uh, and I, I gotta say, and this is sort of, all of this is completely my opinion. That's why it's a show about opinions. But especially when it is extremely cold, the wind chill, last I checked here, was zero degrees because I'm recording this during the polar vortex. And especially when it's really cold out, I find myself missing an Oklahoma summer. 
And so next up, we're going to talk about weather. Here's the thing about Oklahoma weather and Tulsa weather to an extent. It sounds a lot worse than it is. You know, knowing, hearing that, oh, yeah, in the summer it'll get past 100 easy, 110 easy. Uh, hearing that, oh, yeah, we get tornadoes, you know, every once in a while. We get tornado warnings every so often. Oh, yeah, a tornado destroyed a Whataburger uh, last year. That sounds really scary, and it's really not. Because what the weather does is, and I guess this is really true of any place in the country, if you grow up somewhere or if you live somewhere for long enough, that place's weather no longer seems insanely extreme to you. So to me, 100 degrees, 110 degrees, it doesn't sound scary. It sounds like, especially now when it's zero degrees, it sounds really lovely. Because it's not like you're going to be walking around in it. What you're going to do is you're going to walk to your car you're going to turn on the AC, you're going to hope it's not leather seating, and you're not going to touch the seatbelt, and you're going to let it cool off. And then you're going to go find a swimming pool, and you're going to go find a quick trip, and you're going to get a drink. Uh, little digression, digression from weather. Quick trips. So I'm up in Philly, so we have a Wawa here. And Wawa is a lot like quick trip, except in that it's nowhere near as good. Wawa is like the... Uh, the knockoff of Quick Trip in so many ways. They almost never have a gas station, which is just inconvenient. You have to go somewhere else to get gas and then go to Wawa if you want a nice drink or a coffee or something. You have to, and like a Quick Trip, you can fill up, you can go get your stuff, uh, you can go get a snack, you can go get a, a Quick Trip. I would kill for a Quick Trip pretzel right now. I, I, I would literally murder for a quick trip pretzel with that chipotle sauce. Oh, see, t this is really just nostalgia stuff, but Tulsa really is special. Back to the weather. The heat, you deal with it. You live with it. You don't go outside much. You, you know, have one sheet on your bed. The tornadoes, they're pretty cool looking. And I got to say, and this is maybe an odd sentiment sentiment to have I really miss a good thunderstorm there has been one two there have been two thunderstorms since I've been at college and I've been here for this is my fourth semester so more than a year of my life has been spent on this campus and I have not seen it I've seen two good thunderstorms I was home for two months three months over the summer and I saw probably eight great thunderstorms uh, because I think there's really something about the green clouds and the warm wind and, you know, thunder and lightning or, you know, whatever. But, you know, there's something so nice about that weather uh, in Oklahoma. Tornadoes, they do sound scary. They're really not. It's, well, they're not. And this is coming from someone in Tulsa where tornadoes rarely actually hit. But everybody's got a shelter. Everybody knows, you know, what to do when there's a tornado, and everybody knows that you can go outside and look at it for a little bit before you, you go in the shelter. So while Tulsa weather may seem scary, it's really not. And if it does seem scary, go a couple years and you'll get used to it.
So yeah, Tulsa really has a lot to offer, and if you can't tell, I really do love it. I think it has something for everybody, and I am biased because I grew up there and I hope to return at some point. And while I do miss it, especially when it's very cold, uh, I uh, and I look forward to going back, I do find that uh, I think I am almost not necessarily homesick, but I am missing parts of life in Tulsa where, you know, you have a car, you can drive wherever you need to go whenever you need. Where here, I do not have a car. I have to take public transportation or walk, which is kind of a pain, especially when it's zero degrees outside. Uh, I, and this is something that I think is definitely from the mind of someone who grew up in Oklahoma. I really miss like long, flat stretches of land. Like here, if I have to drive somewhere like for the school, that is a hilly, hilly drive guaranteed on narrow roads with very angry people that, you know, these roads are, it feels like at least 200 years old. And they certainly could be because this part of the country is 200 years old and older. So, you know, I'm not necessarily homesick, but there are a lot of parts of Tulsa life that I find were important to me then and are still important to me that I don't get here. So I figured I would make this episode and say, hey, you know, Tulsa's a great place and, you know, worth a chance. So just a few things left that I didn't get a chance to cover, but I don't want this episode to go on too awful long because, let's face it, people are going to get sick of me ranting about how great Tulsa is. A few other things Tulsa has to offer. We have an incredible zoo. Our zoo is killer. We got penguins. We got, I don't think we have a polar bear anymore. I think our polar bear died. There's giraffes. There's elephants. There's a rhino, I think. Uh, It's a really cool zoo. We have a really cool aquarium with an insane shark tank. We have, um, I'm blanking on other cool things we have that I hadn't mentioned already. We have, I didn't really talk too much about the Woody Guthrie Museum. Woody Guthrie, if you don't know, is an iconic and really influential uh, singer from the Dust Bowl times, 30s, 40s, uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe. And without Woody Guthrie, I don't think we would have a lot of the music we have today because Woody Guthrie, you know, directly influenced Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan has directly influenced everybody, you know, before those two. I don't think it was really a thing to have someone who wasn't good at singing actually sing. Music had to sound really, really good and didn't necessarily have to have a message. Where now, that's more expected. And, you know, especially nowadays, Woody Guthrie's iconic guitar that had This Machine Kills Fascists painted on it seems more and more important. Um, Tulsa also has an incredible... uh, like organic and locally grown movement our farmers markets are killer we have farms all over the place and you know it's pretty easy to go around the store and find stuff that's made in Oklahoma and you know you can support local growers and local farmers very easily um, which is really cool because 
you know, think globally, act locally, and all that. Um, yeah, Tulsa has all sorts of incredible stuff, and I appreciate you sitting through this tirade of mine. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. Once again, this has been Soapbox, a show about very strong opinions about not-so-relevant topics. I have been and continue to be Jack Crawford. I appreciate you sitting through this tirade. Just a couple reminders. If you want to get a shout-out on the show, you can tweet about the show and make sure you tag at Soapbox with Jack. That's at Soapbox with Jack on Twitter, and you'll get a shout-out on the show. Really appreciate those. Keep them coming. And I'd appreciate a subscribe, uh, if you don't mind. Hit the hit that subscribe button, and we're trying to do episodes not every Thursday, but most Thursdays, I think, is what I'm trying to shoot for. And, um, yeah, I guess the last thing is uh, looking for new guests, new guests on the show. Had a great time with Liam last week, and uh, really recommend that episode. That was one of uh, the most fun episodes we've had putting together. So if you have someone or if you want to be on the show, tweet at us. We'll make it happen. At Soapbox with Jack. So this has been Soapbox. I appreciate you listening, and I should really come up with a sign-off phrase. <laughs>